Hello and welcome to the Ramen Profitable Podcast. My name is Atish Mazumdar and I'm here with my co-pilot, the great and powerful Chris Scott. And this is the podcast about testing out your ideas, taking your first steps, and really overcoming those obstacles on the way to entrepreneurship. Enjoy. I don't know about you, but there's something about, uh, and and I think we're programmed to feel this way, but there's something about the new year that gets me all optimistic and stuff like that. Do you feel like that? No, I just feel like uh, a failure because I didn't complete everything I wanted to complete last year. And now it's like, oh, now I got new things I want to do. Mm-hmm. When is this ever going to end? <laughs> you mean life? Uh, yeah. Like, what is this thing called life? Mm. Like, I, I this uh, endless cycle of craziness that, uh, yeah, the new year for me is usually uh, a slump. The, a low point, yeah. Oh, so you and me are opposites. Well, then let me let me recommend you a, a movie that I watched last night. Have you heard of Soul? Uh, the Pixar movie? I think it's a Pixar movie, yeah. Is it on the Disney Plus? It's on the Disney Plus, which I have... For some reason, I have, a, I have Disney Plus as a function of my Verizon account. Interesting. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They were just like, oh, you can have Disney Plus free for a year. So I was like, okay, great. <laughs> like... um. But yeah, I think uh, maybe you just need to watch Soul. I did watch Soul. Oh, you did watch it. Didn't help. Really? <laughs> that was a good movie. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It's it's very Alan Watts e. If if people know who I'm referring to when I refer to Alan Watts, it's very much that uh, everyone is looking for a purpose or a meaning to life, but it's uh, that's a fool's errand because the meaning of life is just existing as it is. Like there's just the enjoyment of existence is the is the whole thing. That's the whole you're thing. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's like there is no you're you're not. It, it kind of takes the act of chasing something away because you, uh, you know what? And that's that's a whole lecture I could get into that I'm not going to. But basically, that's the the essence of all narrative, right? And and this yeah. actually brings us to our key point. But that that is the essence of uh, all narrative. Joseph Campbell, hero with a thousand faces, um, that that uh, you already are enough. You have been enough this entire time. So maybe that'll give you some uh, make you feel better. Like, all your goals and all your aspirations are you trying to clock up to being somebody else, the person who has accomplished all this stuff. But you already are that person who can accomplish all this stuff. No? Doesn't make you feel better? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm trying to uh, suppress my defensiveness to your statements. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's funny coming from a tish. Yeah, his desire to just slam his computer shut. Hey, like I said, the beginning of the year makes me an optimist. I I start crushing back into negative negativity uh, in like the next couple of weeks. But yeah, I was a, about to say yeah, yeah. end of January. Yeah, it won't be long. Trust me, guys. It, it won't be long till I'm <laughs> I am a, I'm a negative Nancy all over again. But but the the new year always makes me. Um, feel optimistic and I think the reason why is because I start to get focused on really uh like up leveling my game like uh do you do a a, a post-mortem like a, a year in review I don't I I find it's not I don't know I, I don't know I'm, I'm not as uh I don't keep track of things as much as I should so it's hard to do a, a post-mortem yeah, see, see, that's one of the key things that, that kind of has to be done because the way that confidence builds in a very general sense, and this was told to me, it wasn't something I came up with myself because if there's a lecture on how to build confidence, I would not be the person <laughs> to lead that discussion. But essentially, you have to be able to stack the small wins because there is every once in a while, every once in a blue moon, you're going to have such a major win that it's obvious. You know, like if you, uh, one of your films gets picked up by a major studio, you know what I mean? That would mm-hmm. be obvious. That would be life changing. Like that, that would, that would be such an obvious one. But for most of us, it's like you have to be able to look past, you know, the month, the past six months, the past year. And stack all the small wins because otherwise it kind of just seems like you've churned up time. But I can tell you that from the start of this year up until now, I've actually ended up doing a lot. Did I accomplish everything I wanted to this year? No. And that's why you create 
goals and you have stretch goals. So basically like things that you actually, you know, the smart goals versus the things that are kind of more your stretch goals. Um, but I stacked up a lot of small wins. Like there's a lot of stuff that happened this year that, you know, are small wins and didn't move the needle all by themselves, but cumulatively they have moved the needle. Um, and then you also have to be able to let go of your defeats. You got to purge it out. Just like you acknowledge that they happened, but, uh, much like, um, what's his name? George Costanzo's dad. No, (laughs) no, not, not Frank Costanza. Um, he died this year, didn't he? He did die last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Last year. I gotta get that in my head. Um, no, uh, Rudyard Kipling, the guy who wrote the Jungle Book. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rudyard, Rudyard Kipling said that you ha- you must be able to meet triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same. Meaning that you have to be willing, because it's like, we'll forget our wins as soon as they happen. You know, as soon as the check gets cashed or as soon as, you know, whatever, you're already over your... your uh, your your win but the things that you hold on to are these losses like oh i shouldn't have said that or that was really dumb or oh my god now i you know gotten debt blah 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 like all this kind of stuff but you have to be able to let those things go also because you are not going to be an effective decision maker if you're constantly hammering yourself about this other stuff so i would encourage you to uh you know meet your triumphs and your disasters just the same but anyways okay anyways yeah, here's some unsolicited advice from a normal pessimist who, for like two weeks out of the year, is an optimist. But, so on that level of optimism, I don't know about you, but I've been really focused this week on up-leveling my game. In oh, like, you want to turn it up? Uh, oh, I... <laughs> what are you going to turn it up to? What do, what do you feel like you're at right now? Uh, probably like an eight. Oh, so what do you want to turn it up to? I know what you're fishing for, and I'm not going to engage on it. I'm not. You want, gonna... to, you want to turn it up to like a ten? Yeah, ten's perfect. Let's leave it there. All right, all right, we'll leave it there. <laughs> I know, I know what you're fucking getting at, and I'm not going to go there. I'm not. I'm not going to have that conversation. That's fine. I'll get us there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm all about up leveling my game and figuring out where uh, you know there are deficiencies and where you know I or rather. Uh, as as people in the positive psychology community like to call it, areas of opportunity for growth. They won't say your weaknesses. They'll say areas of opportunity for growth. And so as such, I kind of came up with um, a list of, you know, good tools to have in the tool belt. I wouldn't necessarily call them all t- like tools and skills and just general things to be. Uh, and, and so I kind of just wanted to, you know, episode by episode, just roll through these, get your thoughts, especially on this first one that I have in mind, um, because I think you'll you'll have a pretty unique take on it and uh, see see what your thoughts are. See if you agree with my the things that I want to up level in 2021 and the things that I think a lot of people can uh, do very well by up leveling this year or turning up. I think you mean to say, yes, turning up. They're going to turn it up. Yeah. To an ambiguous number that will not be defined. Well, we can't define it. I mean, we can pull up a a source to define where, where we could turn that number up to for optimal levels. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. It might be on Spotify. Yeah. Hmm. Anyways, (laughs) (laughs) um, as with all things that, you know, I am going to lecture on, this starts with a book. Oh, cool. Uh, This starts with a book. What great salespeople do. Now, I'm honest in my in my book reviews, and I'm going to tell you people out there, you listeners and Chris, I'm going to I'm going to tell you all just like, don't bother buying the book. And I don't mean this to be offensive to the to the writers or whatever. um, But this information is all stuff that you wouldn't need the source material for. It's not something that like they're exposing a certain technique or something like that, or that they're exposing like a very specific way to do things. It's, it's a book about general ideas and these ideas you can find all over the internet and you can also listen to this episode. So there's unfortunately no real reason to buy the book. So here, and here's why 
I uh, wanted to index or I, I wanted to I wanted to like discuss this tool. This is tool number one for the, the, the tool belt for entrepreneurs or the things that entrepreneurs can up level their game with in 2021. And that is uh, storytelling. Storytelling, uh, based on a lot of different research, and this is kind of what go- goes into the, into the book, is like the actual research that was done. But you don't need to know that. You just need to know how to use the skill, right? Storytelling is actually showing to be more and more of an essential skill if you're in sales, if you're in engineering, especially if you're an entrepreneur. Like basically any function where you're selling something to somebody and that doesn't have to be in a transactional sense. It doesn't have to be that, like, oh, I'm going to sell Chris my iPhone. And therefore, there's, like, a transaction of currency, and that makes it a sale. A sale very much also is, like, me talking to my manager and selling them on the idea that I can effectively do my job from home. And I don't need to return to the office. Or um, that, uh, that you know, uh, I really should be given this additional responsibility or I should be given this and here's why. Like that ultimately is a sale. It's just not transacted in the way that we traditionally think of as a sale. Right. And it turns out basically the thesis of this book is that it turns out that we have had it backwards for a long time, right? We always think that the way that we can get people to agree with our point of view or the way that we can get people to agree to a sale is by giving them hard-nosed logic and reason and facts, right? This will be good for your business because of X. Look how much money you're saving. Look how much, like, numbers and figures and stuff. Basically, the stuff that I like to do. (laughs) You know what I mean? The, The numbers, the figures, the charts, all that kind of stuff. That's really great. But as it turns out, people uh, there's there's an old phrase that people will uh, buy with their hearts and rationalize with their minds. Do do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, no. Is that from a GI Joe episode? <laughs> uh, it, it might be, huh? <laughs> Honestly, I that and eat your vegetables and say your prayers or whatever. Those are back right. That's pretty yeah, much yeah, the, yeah. Those are good ones. Yeah. That's the G.I. Joe creed is eat your vegetables, say your prayers and uh, buy with your heart and rationalize with your mind. <laughs> um, yeah, but but uh, I, I don't know, like just from just from a high level, you know, like, do you what are the what are the kind of. Uh, you know, transactions. So not like a sale, but what are the kinds of transactions that you encounter? Like you have to sell people on a script, right? Or you have to sell people on a concept. You have to sell people on an event. Uh, You have to sell people on yourself in a kind of sense, right? Like Elephant Scout is a brand and you need to sell people on your, I mean, outside of Elephant Scout, you need to sell people on your commercial kind of stuff, right? Like, like your stuff with Cox Media and et cetera. Like, you need to sell people on your worth there. But then in your private, you know, Elephant Scout business, it's like you need to sell people on your content, on your value, like all that kind of stuff. Is, is that not the case? Yeah, I think everything I do is revol- revolves around a story. And it's not just, you know, it, it, that's what gets people on board to want to work on the project. It's like, is it a story they connect with? Is it something they believe in? Is it something they, you know, are willing to put their name to? And on top of that, it's not just the story that's being told. It's who's telling the story. Like, mm-hmm. why are you the right person to tell this story? And what do you bring to the table? Uh, what background do you bring that makes telling the story best for you and for everyone? Yeah, you, man, you just actually hit on a whole lot of stuff. See, this is why I knew this was perfect, because it's like what I'm specifically kind of focusing on is like how does story how is storytelling like critical for business how is it how is it critical for uh entrepreneurs and all that kind of stuff um but uh but it's it's that that's my my dog's like wagging his tail or something like that so i just hear like a constant tapping on the door um 
but yeah, it's it's like you you actually use storytelling in so many different facets and so many different functions. And that's mm-hmm. like the obvious one being like, of course, you need a good story for your movie. But it's kind of crazy that a good story for a movie kind of translates really well to good stories for a lot of different stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, insofar as much as like how you do anything. So, you know, just to, to give a, a paltry, like, what do you think makes a good, a good story? Like what makes a good story? I guess, is, is there a difference between a good story for film and a good story for, you know, selling your value to a, to a, you know, in this case, what, what you would be doing for like, assumedly for clients or something like that, or maybe not even for commercial work, like selling your story to other people in order for them to want to act in it or for like, what are the, what are the components that, you know, you think are kind of critical in in that? I, I, I think it all comes down to an emotional response to whatever you are talking about. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to sell, uh, you know, cookies, it's like, is it going to spark a memory in someone, you know, with, from their childhood, Mm-hmm. You know, maybe their grandparents made them cookies or something like that. Is there uh, a cause you're working for where, you know, you help people with uh, bilateral schizencephaly and they're like, oh, I feel bad for that person. Or I, I know someone with that same uh, disability. Affliction. So just, yeah. Yeah. And so it's just like, oh, I can relate to that. Or, oh, I can only imagine what it's like. Maybe I can, you know, make their lives mm-hmm. a little more, uh, give them a little more to make their life better. Yeah. So it's I think that one is the emotional response. I think second is if you are I, I want to I think selling it like a service requires a struggle. So it's like I can fix uh, your plumbing because I know how leaky pipes suck because I used to all my pipes used to leak, but now they don't leak anymore because I yeah. know how to fix them. And so you can offer that service to them, but you can relate to them because they're struggling with something that you used to struggle with and you can provide a uh, uh, result that they are looking for. Yeah. Don't really, I feel like people don't care about process, y- mm-hmm. your numbers, your charts, your graphs, everything that a tish loves, <laughs> but I do believe that they love their results. Yeah. Yeah, see, and and this is what I'm talking about. This is why I'm saying that you don't need to read this book. You've already got it. Like that that's a hundred percent what this book is about. So uh the the Chris Scott, you know, school of life or uh whatever <laughs> basically like has already taught you everything that you need to know. But I thought actually it'd be interesting to to get your take on it because it's like you are a storyteller. That is literally your job. And you, so therefore you intuitively know something that I think a lot of people, you know, the more charts and graph type people such as myself, or even a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of business people don't know what they try and do. So, so that's why your answer was actually so specifically interesting because what a lot of people try and do is something to the effect that, you know, uh, so to use your, uh, your pipes example, your leaky pipes or whatever, I'd be like, oh man, Chris, yeah, uh, I heard you've got a leaky pipe problem. And you know what? I've seen this problem uh, a lot, especially, you know, I know you're in in southern Arizona, so the soil is really hard or or something. (laughs) As you can tell, I'm not not a pipe... Maybe we should use a different example. Yeah, maybe we should should use it. But basically, I'd be like, you know what? Tell you what, like, our product, like, our pipes are, you know, made out of this really... uh, 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 our, our pipes are made out of this really strong and fortified polymer resin. Uh, so let me let me just put you down. Like, I know that this is going to solve your problem. And so they immediately jump the gun and they're getting into, they're just going direct for solution, right? Mm-hmm. But if you don't understand the story and if you don't understand, so specifically what you were speaking about was pain points. If you don't understand the full story and if you don't understand the full pain points, you're trying to just address a solution with a or you're yeah you're trying to address a problem with a solution input is x output is y if people wanted that they would just go to amazon.com and buy you know whatever they need if they already know what they need and they already know oh this addresses my pain point they're just gonna it's a it's a transaction it's not selling anything and that doesn't work up the chain right because let's say you take your uh script to a studio hey you know um i heard you guys need uh uh more diverse characters i've got diverse characters like how do you think they're going to do with that pitch well there it's uh, yeah no that's not good it's not good right 
So you kind of almost have to take the person on, like that's what the power of storytelling is. So, and you actually hit the nail on the head perfectly with the other part, emotional response. It, uh, to do like a super brief, super high level neuroscience primer, just, you know, that's, that's what I like to do. I'm, I'm going to do it for a really brief, I'm not going to bog the podcast down with a whole bunch of unnecessary detail. Anymore. yeah, but unnecessary uh, details. Yeah, more unnecessary details. Yeah. But basically, our brain is organized into many different structures. And much like how we kind of understand um, Maslow's hierarchy of, of needs, we filter our information through these various structures based on what is going on. So the first thing that gets hit is our like internal, instinctive, what some people refer to as like their reptilian lizard brain which is how I like to refer to it. Your reptilian lizard brain is just focused on food, water, shelter, you know, whatever. Just all the stuff that you immediately, like, it's just about perceiving danger and perceiving threats. Something's moving in the bush, you know, that that's triggering your reptilian lizard brain. As soon as there's more information that your brain actually has to process and actually has to think about, it gets pushed into your... Uh, your emotional kind of brain. Now you're reacting to stuff based on feeling. Before, and you haven't really thought about anything yet. Now you're now you're just kind of perceiving things in terms of feeling, in terms of emotion, in terms of like, how am I connecting to this? What does this mean to me? Like, what does this mean to, you know, uh, my family? What does this mean to X, Y, and Z? And only then, after it's processed there, only then is any kind of other information, like if I'm reading something or if I'm looking at one of these charts or graphs that I love so much, my brain is knows that, oh, this is number information. This is numerical stuff. I need my rational thinking brain to take over and process, like, what do these numbers mean? Is this a good deal? Are we making margin? Like, what is our margins on this? What's our profitability? All that kind of stuff. That's my rational thinking brain. That takes emotions out of it. But for, for example... You walk into a store and uh, somebody goes like, hi, thanks for coming in today. Can I help you find something? Or do you need help finding something? What's your immediate response? No. Right. Yeah. Especially, I mean, if you work, if you walk onto a uh, car lot, right? If you walk onto a, onto a used car lot, somebody says, hey, thanks for coming in. Can I help you find something? Or do you need help or whatever? You're just like, oh, Jesus Christ, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> right? Like you immediately want them gone. And it's because we've internalized that salespeople are a threat. Like, we've internalized this. So our emotional response immediately is like, I don't want to be taken for a ride. I don't want to be taken advantage of. Who the fuck? Like, what does this guy want? You know, whatever. So we just immediately respond to them. When, in fact, I go into the store and 90% of the time I actually do need help because I don't know where to find shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... So we have to be able to appeal to people's emotional centers in order to, you know, get them to in order to influence, you know, change, whether it's influencing them buying our script, whether it's influencing them to buy our product or to get into business with us, or even sometimes to even influence them to take the call with us or to, to be able to, like, take a meeting with them. We have to be able to appeal to their emotional center and the way that we do that is through stories. Is that why people are so defensive or uh, put off by like very blunt, straight to the point people? Yeah. Is there yeah. a lizard brain story for that? Yeah. <laughs> There's our title. <laughs> um, uh, so, so basically, right? Because... If I go in and if I'm just doing and this is this is why I'm actually taking this up level this this tool in the tool belt like I'm taking this one to heart because I'll come in with all sorts of graphs and figures and I'll tell you why logically it makes sense for us to do X, Y and Z. But because I'm not taking the time to appeal to anyone's emotions because I'm not taking the time to tell them a story and to you know, they're, it's just going to be information. It's just going to be information pushed to them that they're going to be like, okay, you know, but, but why, what, what the emotional center of our brain answers is not the what or the how, but the why, right? So why me? Why me now? Right? Like, why am I influencing this person? So for instance, 
I want to take people on a on a journey with um, uh, with uh, flow roll, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's still I'm, I'm in 2021, and it's still named flow roll. Get over it, Chris. That's just <laughs> that's where we're at. It's it's a goal of mine to change the name. I just I don't know, man. I haven't gotten there. So I'm trying to take them on a journey with flow roll, right? Let's say I go in and I'm trying to sell to a um, you know, uh, uh, to a jujitsu supply company. They do they do geese. They do this. I want them to carry my product. I come in and I say, hey, we've actually shown that we get you know increased memory retention of this percentage. We get this. We get this. You know, it's a great product. You should buy it, or you should you should sell it through your website. I can give it to you for this much of a deal, and and the numbers all make sense. Here's the amount of money you'll be making on each transaction, and here's the amount of money I'll be making on each transaction. All right. Okay. Now, how about this? How about I say, hey, um, and, and mind you, I'm not very practiced on this skill, so this is something that I'm going to be working on this year. But what if I say, you know, Chris, let me tell you a story. Uh, so I'm the kind of guy where, you know, I've been a lifelong martial artist. I've been doing this for so long, you know, but uh, I... I oftentimes am coming to the gym just, you know, completely exhausted from work. I'm really tired out. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like, man, maybe I'm just going to skip? Maybe I won't go today. I'm, I had a really long day. Maybe I'm going to skip the gym. Does that ever happen to you? Well, I'm, I'm sure if I went to the gym, <laughs> that would be something that did happen. Right. I mean, know your audience, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, and, and sometimes I just need that extra, extra little push. But if I go, uh, you know, and I, I go and drink one of these energy drinks that uh, that people are, or, you know, even if I take pre-workout, if I do that at 3 p.m. or anything beyond 3 p.m., now I know I'm not getting to sleep at night, you know, and that that really bothers me. So, so I get, you know, I, I feel like I don't have an option. I'm either too tired or I'm too energized. Something's kind of a problem there. And then, you know, I also... Uh, go through this kind of issue with, uh, you know, jujitsu in general. We do, we do half an hour of technique. Then we do about half an hour of sparring, half an hour of rolling, you know, whatever. And then by the next day, I can't remember like, Oh, how did we, you know, sequence that? How did we do that sequence to the Peruvian necktie? I don't really remember. Like, how did we do that? Wouldn't it be kind of a better way? Wouldn't it be a better place if if we could have this energy boost and that motivation to get us into the gym, but we also were able to, uh, you know, increase our capacity to learn and to effectively memorize things and chain these chain these things together, make more effective use out of our mental space while we're at the gym, while we're training martial arts. And, you know, that's why where you don't want to go completely cheesy and be like, well... The better way is here. Let me show you flow roll. No, but then I say that was kind of my mindset when I was creating this product. I started doing so much research into nootropics and I realized that, you know, part of my problem was that I didn't want to be overstimulated for jujitsu because that had negative effects. I, I wasn't able to roll effectively. I wasn't able to learn effectively when I was all, you know, stimmed out on these crazy bang energy drinks and whatever. And I found through just testing with nootropics that I was actually able to learn more effectively, apply the skills that I had learned while I was in, while I was at the gym, while I was at the, on the mats. So that was really why I created this product to blah, blah, blah. So I'm taking you on this story where I'm talking about my personal experience. I'm buying you into my struggles because, you know, most, more than likely people feel those struggles as well. And now I'm creating this resolution. So instead of just me pitching that, oh, I've, it's been shown to be 33 more, 33% more effective at whatever, I'm appealing to your emotional sense because I'm saying, like, here are these frustrating pain points. Have you felt these as well? More than likely people have. And so now you're already registering, like, oh, this frustration or this, you know, man, I really want to be better this year. I really want to train more. I really want to whatever. And I'm just showing you that there is a better way. And that kind of that, even that bullshit story that I just told will be more effective than me just spitting out, you know, numbers as to why this is and here's the profit we can make and blah, 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 blah. Does that kind of, how, how do you feel about that? Well, I have some questions. I do feel <laughs> like it was, uh, it, it, it didn't sound genuine, but I think that's, you know, just break, 
comes with practice and your performance. Yeah. But, uh, but my question is, you're taking this meeting and and getting this, like basically you're getting this meeting to sell the product. Right. So to get the meeting, what did you do to get that meeting? Mm. Yeah. Because the only thing I didn't hear in that story was, uh, like I, I learned about an experience that you had. Yeah, right. And, and your experience, you know, from using other stimulants to do jujitsu yeah. and Peruvian neckties. But I didn't hear anything about you, really. I don't know your background. I don't know where you're coming from on a like your like personal story that what makes you relevant to tell this story to me at this moment. Mm, mm, like to I me, like you that. sound like you sound like the science winger in Seoul coming up to me, selling me some neurothropics. The, the science. Wait, who? The science spinner, the guy that was the captain of the ship. Oh, yeah. The, the hippie guy. Yeah. The hippie guy. Yeah. Okay. So, so you would say that there needs to be more of like a personal connection. There has to be something that, that the why me, why, why, like what, what do I play in all this? Right. Yeah. Okay. Cause, cause when, when someone tells me they study new, new, new tropics, another word I can't say, maybe it's just me. Maybe I just can't speak. And that's why I don't like flow roll. Um, <laughs> Could be. I need to work. I need to work on my articulation. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Whenever I hear someone say that, I just think of someone that is like into recreational drugs. Yeah. That is obviously an expert in it because they do it all the time. Right. And and I just roll my eyes. Yeah. And I'm not saying that neurotropics are that, but it's just when it comes out of, to me out of nowhere, basically, it seems like it comes out of nowhere. There's yeah, no context to it for me, you know, yeah, to, that's, that's to not roll my f- eyes. Yeah, no, that's that's a super fair point. And that's actually something um, that I'm, I'm glad you brought up because it's like they're intrinsically like that's the negative stigma that comes with. And, and mind you, you're right on the money. Like you're not you're not wrong with your assumption because basically people who are that experimental with, you know, and I realize that I'm one of them and I happen to be one of the good ones. Right. <laughs> but but like but. Basically, people who are that experimental with substances and all that kind of stuff tend to be of a certain personality type. That's that's certainly yeah. true. And that uh, so so what you, the listener, are hearing right here is exactly the same thing as you know you walk up on a car lot and you immediately know that the person who's coming to sell you has commission breath. They're going to try and get you on some bullshit like rust proofing or you know whatever. Like you already feel kind of. Um, I don't know. I've actually never bought a car on a lot, so I don't actually know what that's like. But but you see how I can make assumptions just because this is this is public knowledge that you know. Oh, used car salesmen are the worst. Yeah, right. They are. So 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 Chris makes a really good point here, which is that you know I need to do more personal connection to myself in that story because I need to explain why I'm not some, you know, A, cheap salesman just trying to get my product in, and B, why I'm, you know, someone to be trusted, why I'm someone, because that's that's ultimately what it is. Your trust and your rapport is going to sell the item. It's not how great the item is in and of itself, because that'll get you through maybe a third of, of the things, you know, maybe a third of the stuff you can just win on pure product specs alone. So, for instance, if Chris was shooting his films in the best HD and it looked really beautiful and stuff like that, he could still sell stuff even if the story wasn't all that great and whatever. But not nearly as much as if the story was great and the the shots were crisp, clear, and like inventive and beautiful. Or I, I don't really know right, what goes right, 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 right. Yeah. So, so you make a really good point, which is that I didn't earn your trust in that story. I didn't earn your trust. I. I maybe did a better job of contextualizing why I care about this stuff and why you might care about this stuff, but I didn't really do a good job of earning your trust and, and kind of, so, so what you're saying is essentially there wasn't enough personalization in it for you to connect to. Well, if that was the only story I'm hearing, there wasn't, but I assume uh-huh. because you're actually at, it sounded like the way you set up the story was you're at a, uh, where did you go to some warehouse? Yeah, some Talk gym or some or, yeah, or some just, like place, some place where they resell jujitsu stuff. Or, right, and so I, I, my other assumption I was making was you didn't get there just by walking in and shoving a jar of full <laughs> roll in their face, going buy this my shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have fair. things by buy this. Yeah, no, it it seems I, I felt like there was like a 
a pitch that happened before that story. That's 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 what I was asking. You're but. right. There there has to be some established rapport, and and that's something that I certainly, um, you know, that's certainly where things have to start, and that's I think where the the hardest juncture is. So I can run you through my really quick. Um, here's how I would have I have I ever done a cold call with you? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. So I'm not very good. So so let me see what I can what I can do. But let's say <laughs> we'll, we'll give it a shot. Um, my strategy for doing calls, you know, especially like let's say I'm calling this jujitsu reseller, you know, whatever. My strategy is also kind of based in in storytelling, um, because I think that's that's the root of all this stuff is emotional connection through storytelling. I think that that's the way that you actually achieve results. My problem is getting in the door and getting getting the ability to connect like that and the, the ability to build rapport. So my strategy was always honesty because I feel like there, there's a bunch of people who are able to do these sort of tricks and these sort of things and that might work for them, but it never worked for me because it wasn't authentic. It wasn't actually telling my story correctly. You know what I mean? So, uh, for instance, people people will be like, um, uh, like this is this is the the cold call approach that a lot of my like coworkers would use uh, back when I when I was kind of more sales focused. Um, they would do something like this. Uh, hey, Chris, thanks for taking my call. Uh, listen, I noticed uh, on your LinkedIn you posted that you were uh, you just moved into this new role and now you're responsible for doing X Y Z. And I'd imagine you uh, are looking for a solution that gives you Y. You know what I mean? Like they would do something like that that basically is like trying to draw this personal connection, but it it hasn't been earned, right? Right. I, I feel like people are still doing that reptilian brain, like you know drawback like wait who are you what are you what are you calling for like that sort of thing so here was my approach and you can critique me on this because i was never really that good but but we'll see so i would kind of do this your phone rings you pick up you say hello uh hi chris thanks for taking my call uh my name's atish mazumdar i'm calling you from xyz you know wherever i'm calling you from flow roll uh listen i know that this is an unplanned call one could even call this a cold call uh, but may I take 30 seconds just to explain to you why I called and to earn, you know, the next five minutes of your time. 30 and seconds. Now, you have 20, 20 seconds. All right. You go ahead and time me, Chris, and let's see if, uh, let's see if I make it there. So now what I, what I've just done is I've shifted from, I'm just being upfront and honest. I'm showing you who I am. I'm showing you, I'm, I'm telling you right off the bat. Oh, you're timing me right now. <laughs> I didn't say start the timer. Uh, okay. So we started the timer. So I'm going to say, uh, I don't really have a pitch worked out. I've got 10 seconds. Listen, Chris, I know, uh, like a lot of people, your time is very valuable. And I know that, uh, people these days are busier than ever. By the time that you're making it out of your workday with all of your meetings, all of your obligations, you are already exhausted by the time that you're trying to get to the gym. Uh, would you say that that's a problem for you? Wow, man. You got that first question in right under 30 seconds. <laughs> wow. Um, again, uh, if I worked out, maybe that would be a problem I would have. Yeah. Yeah. That's. A, I'm obviously uh, trying to cater to a different person. So they say... Yeah, maybe that that sometimes happens to me, or I guess they're they're generally going to be pretty cagey when they're when they're uh, on the yeah. phone. They're not going to be as over. Uh, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. Okay, cool. And um, let me ask you another question. Uh, you you work out. Uh, how long have you been doing martial arts? Forty six years. Forty six years. That's a really long time. Uh, uh, you saying I'm old? <laughs> 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 I mean, by definition. <laughs> okay, so this call went sour. <laughs> Click. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe don't do like I did and don't imply that they're all... Be- wow, 46 years of experience. Um, l- let me ask you another question, and, and you know, this might be a little bit more soul-searchy, but uh, would you say that you've gotten all the results that you want out of those 46 years? Uh, I think I'm halfway there. You're halfway there. Okay. Uh, Living uh, on a prayer. 
<laughs> you're, you're halfway there. You're living on a prayer. Uh, and, and I'm just curious, Chris, because honestly, like, this is what I love to do. I love to train. I love to roll. I love to study martial arts. Uh, so I'm just kind of curious. What do you think are the things that are, uh, you know, precluding you from getting the ultimate results that you want? Uh, very good question. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of people are a little unclear on that themselves. So, you know, if, if you'll allow me, here are kind of the things that I find, uh, because I, I talk to, you know, multiple martial artists every single day. I, I go into gyms all the time, and I'm, I'm speaking to different people who've trained for, you know, different periods of time. And one of the commonalities that I hear all the time, all the time, is that uh, people just are not effectively learning while they're training. They're they're learning the techniques for the day. They're able to apply them on the day, but they haven't gotten enough practice and they haven't instantiated it enough in their in their mental map, sort of, for them to be able to recall it later. So they go back and they rely on the same old tricks, the same old habits that they've always had. So what if I were to tell you that, you know, Given the advancements that we've made in modern neuroscience, we've realized that there's a better way to learn and there's a better way to learn effectively. The way that we do this is, and now I'm actually going into pitch, right? So now I, I've only earned the time because you've stayed on the call long enough for me to no, explain. No, I, I hung up. I hung up like 20 seconds ago. Uh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Lost him. Well, unfortunately, that's where volume comes in. And I, well, no, it, it's it's uh, the same critique I'm going to have from the previous pitch. It's like you asked me how many years I've been doing martial arts. Mm-hmm. I, I reveal 46. Mm-hmm. Like how many years have you been doing it? Mm-hmm. So, so maybe a better approach. So you say you've been doing 46. I ask you, you know, about your. No, how many uh, years have you been doing it? Oh, so so I just start going. How long have you been in doing martial arts, Satish? I've been doing martial arts for about 12 years. 12 years. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, not, not as, not quite as long as you, um, but no, but but now we can relate. I can go back to 12 years ago when mm, I first started, I am, you know, five years in, Oh, you've been doing this for 12 years. You have. Yeah. X, X amount of years, seven more more years of experience than me. Uh, you know, I've been doing it for 15 years. Oh, you're just a few years behind me. So you kind of know all the same problems that I'm going through. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So introducing myself a little better and and telling more personal. Ah, that's a that's a key, a key part of this that uh, I really, really struggle with. And you've you've called it out. I struggle hard with being vulnerable. And right. that's a key element to this is like exposing more of yourself, being vulnerable, telling the honest truth, telling the story and having that drive kind of your your conversation. Well, and it's not just driving the conversation. It's making it a conversation I want to be a part of because yeah. up until like even then, I, I still had no idea who you are. I mm-hmm. had no idea where you're coming from. Um, you did go into the talk about. Uh, the brain stuff that's you know like your thing but it's like but like knowing like what is your background with brain stuff yeah Mm. like like what is that like why why am i listening to you talk about this you're still sounding like it's it's, it's off of a fact sheet it's not it's not a story right it's not it's not triggering the emotional parts of your brain because maybe so for instance um you know, oh yeah. So I, I've been, uh, I've only been uh, training martial arts for twelve years. It's a, it's a significantly, you know, different period of time. Like, you know, how how far along were you at twelve years? Like, what what did you look like, or or what are the things that have shown you more success across the you know thirty additional years after your twelve years? Like, I, I would love to learn from you. Like, building more yeah, of a connection yeah. based on our experience, right? I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's strong. And see, this is this is what's perfect. Chris is more of a natural storyteller, and he's mo- uh, more of naturally like he knows how to emotionally connect because he has to write characters. He has to write characters that the audience is going to connect with. I'm that guy from earlier in this podcast. I'm the charts and graph guy. <laughs> I just point to figures and I point to numbers, and I expect people to buy into that but they won't because there's there's not this emotional resonance so this call might have gone south because i immediately pivoted to oh hey well here's the science behind this product right but i didn't i didn't have i didn't earn that right i didn't build the rapport i didn't okay so let's see i'm wondering if i can do this better uh all right we're gonna do another call can i do cold call all right yeah yeah yeah. let's try it let's try it 
So the phone rings, and uh, you pick up, and I say, uh, Hi, is this Chris Scott? This is Chris. Hi, Chris. Uh, my name's Atish Mazumdar. I'm calling you from Flow Roll. Uh, listen, I know that this is an unplanned call. One could even call this a cold call. I actually use that one a lot because because people like I just wanted to be upfront and honest with it. You know, look, one might even call this a cold call. Uh, but can may I earn 30 seconds of your time to just tell you why I called and why I thought we'd have an interesting conversation, why I would like to meet you? And uh, from there, you can decide if you want to give me another you know, five minutes of your time. Sure. Cool. Sounds fair. All right. You can go ahead and time me, Chris. Don't actually time me. <laughs> no, no. Don't actually time me. God damn it. <laughs> it's going. Uh, okay. So, Chris, uh, you know, I, I happen to notice that you uh, own a martial arts gym. It looks like you've been in the industry for a really, really long time. I myself have only been training for 12 years, um, but I am extremely passionate about how people learn, how people train, how people do this effectively. And, you know, I really just thought based on your training facility and really based on your uh, passion for creating the best experiences for people and creating the best, uh, you know, martial arts gym in Tucson, (laughs) we'll just use your actual location because I stalled (laughs) there. Um, that, that, you know, maybe, uh, you were kind of interested at being at the forefront of, uh, the, the latest and greatest stuff for martial artists and for gyms. Like, how are you kind of doing with that? Uh, we like to keep it old school. We have people kick palm trees to build up their shin strength. Oh man, the, 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 uh, the kickboxer approach. I, I love, uh, I love Van Damme. (laughs) And then hopefully this is where you say something to connect on that too, because if you don't, I'm I'm out on a road. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean Van Damme's one of the greatest, and he portrayed one of the greatest martial artists ever, Frank Duke, in Bloodsport. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I I totally agree. I mean this is this is where uh, you know I actually am still learning those those old school styles myself because I I was brought up. Uh, Pretty, I was brought up pretty new school and I've only been been training for 12 years. Uh, Chris, how long have you been training? How long have you been, you know, a student? Uh, 28 years. Wow. 28 years. That's a, that's a, a really long time. And uh, just out of, out of curiosity, did you struggle a lot at the beginning or were you kind of right off the bat? You knew how to get in the zone. You knew how to learn effectively. You knew how to, you know, get the results that you wanted out of each training session. Yeah, I feel like I peaked at year seven, and I've been like plateaued ever since. Really? Uh, what makes you? Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm putting you in like really foreign territory here. What makes you? What makes you say uh, year seven? What do you think changed? Year seven. That was a year uh, I quit drinking. I don't know, man. I really don't know what happens around okay, here. So, seven martial arts. <laughs> so maybe, maybe something that would be more uh, that I'd be looking for. So this is also a key element that I, you know, haven't addressed so far. But the the active listening is the key component to it in building this narrative and in building this story with Chris. I need to make him feel supported. I need to make him feel as though like I'm not just here with commission breath. I'm not just trying to be and that's where I kind of fucked up on the last call. I was saying more than I was listening. Here, I have to let you tell your story, then I'm going to tell mine and we can resonate with it. But in order for me to actually build that rapport and build that emotional connection and make way for our stories, I need to be actively listening. So that's why, you know, asking clarifying questions and being like, "Wow, 28 years, you know, just out of curiosity, because myself, I've I've had some you know problems with consistent training and all that. Like, how long you know? Wh- when do you think? Uh, whatever my question was, I forgot that that got you to say seven years. And then I'm basically saying, "Wow, seven years! That's that's interesting." Like, what makes you say that? Or, or I'm asking for more information. I'm actively listening. I'm making you feel like you're you know w- like we're building something here. Then let's say his response was something more to the effect of like, "Oh well, you know." Uh, in those first seven years, I was younger. I didn't have a wife. I didn't have a kid. I didn't have a kid. You know, I was able to just spend all day at the gym, all day, every day, and I was able to do blah blah blah. I was full of energy, and I was ready to come in, ready to learn, ready to train hard. And I said, "Oh yeah." And then so after you know, so after seven years, you know, then you were kind of more, um, then you were kind of more uh, 
you know, there was more time obligations. You were kind of like tired more. Your, your time was split amongst things. And you were like, yeah, yeah, basically. And I was like, oh man. And I can imagine only imagine, you know, opening a small business after that, your, your time is really kind of under demand. And say, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I, I definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, what about your training sessions now? Do you, do you think like, like today, are you, you know, moving the needle still on, on your goals? Are you still getting there? Or, or do you think that it's a little bit more difficult to do? Uh, it's definitely more difficult to do. What, what would you say that like, yeah, like I, I kind of feel the same way. Like what, what are the things, you know, because I, I just got engaged myself, you know, I'm, I'm trying to still keep up a really good training schedule, but my work has gotten more demanding. I got a promotion at work. Like, you know, it's, I've just never been busier. Uh, is is that like also a problem for yourself? You just feel so busy that you're not able to bring your whole self to training and you're not able to like really commit your, your mind and your, you know, whatever, like, I don't know, this isn't a worked out pitch, but, but you get what I'm saying. Right. And then hopefully through doing enough of this active listening and response, I would say, okay, well, and here's, here's the trigger. I would say like, uh, Chris, like I think I've got a good picture of kind of what's what's going on with you. Can I tell? May I tell you a story? And our brains are actually wired to respond really well to storytelling. They're like so using the phrase "Can I tell you a story?" automatically kind of diffuses this from like, "Well, Chris, let me tell you about my product," and like do a Billy Mays thing, like <laughs> you know. Well, the, but wait, there's more. You know, like. In, in just saying, like, Chris, can I tell you a story? I'm activating a part of your brain, and I'm, I'm telling you that, like, look, this is just going to be, all you have to do is listen. There's no, you know, pitchy kind of thing here. I'm, I'm diffusing the situation by just telling you a story. Now I'd say, yeah, so like I said, um, you know, I've been training martial arts for 12 years. It kind of has been going on through different phases of my life. When I first started, I was just a college student. I was able to do all my homework, get all that done, probably within an hour. And then I spent all day, every day at the gym. I was full of energy. I was ready to go. As life has gotten a little bit more complicated, you know, I took on a, a full-time job and I uh, am really committed to growing with that. I am now engaged to be married and then hopefully be like, oh, congratulations. I'll be like, hey, thanks. Like, you know, now we're now we're connecting there. Um, uh, I'm, I'm engaged to be married. I've got a dog, you know, who's who's the best, but he also demands a lot of time and a lot of energy. By the time I get around to training, I feel not only just physically tired, but I feel really, you know, mentally drained and I feel, you know, not equipped to learn the best and to process the kind of information that, you know, really what jujitsu is, is high, high level problem solving with physical consequences. Do you kind of feel the same way? And from there now, now we're kind of moving more into a pitch. So what do you think about that structure as opposed to my first run at it? It's better. It felt a little long, uh, a little long, a little drawn out, but I I do feel like I would like to know more about you still in the, I feel like you just, you didn't give enough to really have me hop on board the Atish train. Mm, mm. All right. Well, we're going to continue to revisit this because I am going to get this down like one of my goals. So maybe uh, because we're going to do multiple episodes on this toolkit for entrepreneurs. Right. And storytelling is one of these. So this is my first week practicing this. So uh, how about uh, I'll uh, I'll commit to a good I'll commit to some practice. And then uh, we'll see how good I can get my storytelling skills. Right. I mean, you're, I think you're getting there. I think what you need to remember is the why you part. So why are you mm-hmm. making this call? Why mm-hmm. am I talking to you for 30 seconds to get mm-hmm. to that five minutes? Uh, why am I now wanting to buy this? So I yeah. feel like, like you're not doing the why you part at all. You're doing the mm. why now part. And I feel like we need the why you before why now. Mm. Why you specifically? Why you personally? And then why now? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. we haven't even got into your science background at all. Oh, yeah, 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 Yep. Yep. Nope. He's 100% right. And this is why this is why it benefits everybody to have a, a storyteller in your in your organization. So I'm, I lucked out. I've got Chris. Uh, so he's going to give me the finer tools and trips. Trips? Tricks. <laughs> in, uh, into storytelling. But basically, just to summarize, 
Storytelling is a crucial part of being an entrepreneur because you are not only going to have to be able to pitch your service or your software or your item or your widget or your, you know, whatever it is, you're going to have to pitch that to people. You're also going to have to be actually making sales when you are trying to hire employees. You're going to have to tell them a story that's compelling enough that they want to come on board. Like everything is a sale. Everything is a negotiation. So at the end of the day, you want to be equipped with the understanding that people are more inclined to get on board with you, more inclined to buy from you, more inclined to, you know, whatever it is, through an emotional connection rather than a logical charts, numbers, and graphs type of thing. I am a recovering chart number graph guy, so, you know, this is a brand new skill set to me, but I'm working on it because one of my... uh, one of the things that I realized is I'm going to have to be doing this for flow roll very soon. So, you know, for me, 2021, I'm up leveling my, uh, my entrepreneur tool belt or toolkit. And the first one is, uh, the power of storytelling, whether it's through sales, whether it's through, you know, anything it's invaluable. So, uh, any, any final thoughts on that, Chris? Uh, I think, uh, uh, I think you summed it up pretty well. I do want to say that your strength, you know, don't be a recovering graph and science guy. I think you should just own it. But mm-hmm. I feel like if you tell a story as to why that part is important, I think mm. that's, that's when you can bring in your strength to it. Mm. So like you're, you're not really explaining why you're really uh, excited about these numbers and graphs and blah, 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 blahs. <laughs> and you're kind of just like, you know, it's, it's not that, that you're, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent in my head and I'm reeling myself in. And all I'm saying is that if I knew that you were a, a person that does jujitsu, a person that is uh, math based, science based, if I knew that about you, if I knew that you were looking at jujitsu through the lens of someone in a very mathematical way, in a very scientific way, you know, mm-hmm. problem, uh, what is that? What's, what are the steps of an experiment? You know, problem solutions. Oh, the oh, scientific method. Yeah, the scientific method. Hypothesis. Thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like once you bring that story to your charts and graphs, I think that's they're going to meld well together. I love it. So I you're not it. you're not just some, you know, dweeb. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am that too, but <laughs> you know that you know that negative connotation of someone that does a lot of recreational drugs that, that I was thinking about earlier. Yeah, you're not going to be that person. You're going to be. Someone with someone with a master's degree that I didn't even realize you're going to get a master's degree, even though I showed up at your graduation party and it's like, oh, you got a master's? That was crazy. Yeah. See, uh, I'm educated. I'm educated, dude. <laughs> you know, like if if you come with that, then you can play to the strength of your charts and graphs. But you mm. need to tell your story about why you. It's like, why am I going to listen to this nerdy, boring math stuff? Oh, <laughs> you know what you're talking about. You have the same experience as I do because you know I've been doing jujitsu for 26 years. And you've been doing it for 12. And so it's, it's a way to connect the two worlds together, I think. Mm, no, I love it. I love it. This is, this is perfect. Yeah. So, so uh, essentially what that is, is m- make sure you're also in doing this storytelling. Make sure you're being authentic. Like, be authentic. Be, be authentic to yourself, to what your story is. And then that will be, have a much better job at connecting with others because it's true. It's honest. It's, it's open and it's, it's, uh, exposes a little bit of vulnerability. It's like, I am telling you exactly who I am and you now have a choice on whether or not you want to engage with this type of person or not. And that kind of exposition of, of vulnerability will, will kind of help trigger that emotional response. There you go. Boom. All right. I love it. Well, this is going to be a continuing work in progress as I up-level my entrepreneur uh, tool belt in 2021. This is but the first item. Chris, anything to plug? Uh, just follow me on Instagram at Elephant Scout. We're going to hopefully kick that up again pretty soon. That's it. That's all I got. Beautiful. Yeah, I've, I've got uh, not much else other than that. You can follow me at at Atish Mazish on Instagram um, for your daily dose of uh, motivation to really give you a kick in the butt to get working at 4 a.m. Uh, other than that, uh, lots of good things in the process. As I'm shaping up this uh, tool belt, I'm going to start a reading list for the year. If uh, you, It's going to be the Ramen Profitable Reading List, the RPRL. 
if you want to join me, because uh, this year, uh, so in 2020, I had set out to read 52 books. One of my books happened to be The Count of Monte Cristo, which ruined my stats because it's infinitely long. It's longer than the Bible. Um, so that one kind of ruined my stats. Uh, so I fell short of the 52 this year. I'm going for the 52, uh, and they're all going to be stuff that you know can somehow apply uh, to up-leveling my game in 2021. So if you want to join me on the RPRL Ramen Profitable reading list, uh, we should have a social media account created shortly, and you can do so there. Uh, other than that. This is the first episode of 2021. To uh, anyone who's an old listener, thanks for staying on. Anyone who's a new listener, please like, comment, subscribe, whatever. Um, you can also check out our back catalog of CSS, uh, Creativize, Strategize, Synergize, anywhere podcasts are found. And uh, we look forward to helping you up your game in 2021.